What's up, ladies and gents? My name is Felix Fiasi. Welcome back to Uva Radio. This is episode nine of our No More's Bananas series with Yudan Kramrik, author of No More Bananas, How to Keep Your Cool in a Collective Madness. And we're on to step eight now, which is the second last step, the penultimate step. And it's all about thinking sensibly. So um, in the last few steps we've gone through, we've actually gone through quite practical ways um, in how to get rid of our bananas mm-hmm. and different methods we can enact in our lives to make sure that we're going to be happier and thinking about things in a more sensible way is what we're going to be doing now. Mm-hmm. So the first one that we have here is about assessing importance. And if I'm not mistaken, this is all about prioritizing yes, and trying to look at all of the things that we have to do in our lives, which is, you know, exponentially more and more, I feel, and deciding what which are the most important. Yeah, so it's about those things and also about what what do you pay attention to? Because you have only limited brain capacity. You can only use use it for one thing at a time. And assessing importance is supposed to help you with thinking about the things that are worth worth thinking about. So if we look at this entire step, thinking sensibly, uh, we're getting close to what we want to achieve. If this is against going bananas, uh, it means thinking sensibly is sort of pretty much the opposite as uh, going bananas. So we needed all the previous steps to get there. So first disconnect through steps one and two, uh, calming down and letting go, and then start sort of reconstructing ourselves in step three to um, to seven. Uh, take mm-hmm. responsibility, dethrone ourselves, build character, detox ourselves, and get organized. And now it's time to sort of reconnect and may prepare ourselves to uh, to be able to deal with the whole flow of information and options and For opportunities the life without bananas <laughs> yeah without bananas banana free existence yes and the first thing here those apples <laughs> the first thing here is assess importance which indeed means only spend your brain also only spend your time only your, your attention on the things that are worth thinking about mm. and there's various ways to um to do this, there's various tools uh, for, available for this. One of them that I mentioned is the uh, the Eisenhower Matrix, which was uh, uh, so developed by or after uh, Dwight, D. Dwight D. Eisenhower, president of the fifties. Yes, great man. And yeah, it's uh, I have two kinds of problems: the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. Not gonna lie, when I first read that, I had no idea what he meant. This is a <laughs> That's a real riddle. <laughs> Those are often the uh, the nice ones, which because they make you think about uh, these things. Yeah. So he's more. I think we also discussed it in um, a previous chapter. I'm not sure which one it was, but about how um you do have to decide which of these things in your life are going to require your attention right now. Mm-hmm. And I liked how um building on the Eisenhower matrix, you went on to explain how you decide these things and um, categorize them. And um, it suggests that you do the things that are both urgent and important, that you plan the things that are important but not urgent, that you delegate the things that are urgent but not important, and you eliminate the things that are neither important nor urgent. And by delegate there, you mean if you're in a situation where you're managing people. If you're yeah, in a position or, of power. And maybe if you're not, not, not in a position of power, but there's many cases where you can find ways to have other people do the work. Yeah. And that's actually, we, we talked about it earlier in, in the, the chapter on 
getting organized, um, remedy 7.2, get rid of work. Uh, so that's delegating in that sense and try to get other people do it. So that's the Eisenhower matrix. Um, maybe one thing I want to add to this is assessing importance is about those things. So, so is it urgent? Uh, is it is it important? So does it have to be done? Um, another way of looking at it is also you can look at, on the one hand, the, the weight of the decision. So how important is it? How How big are the consequences? How much money is involved? How much time is involved? So if there is a lot of money involved, like with high, buying a house, uh, that's probably an important decision. So you probably want to spend some time on that. Yeah. So that's the size of the um, the decision. Let's call it like that. The other one that's often overlooked, and I always make those mistakes too, is how big are the differences between the options? And the example I give here is is a very simple example of buying a pair of jeans. If you have two pairs of jeans, you need to choose between the one of the one is the one fits perfect, has the right color, is very inexpensive, so it's a perfect jeans. The other is ugly, way too large, and way too expensive. That's a no-brainer. Mm. In a split second, you did you, you pick the first because the differences are very large. Second case, you have one pair of jeans, which is right color, right size, right design. You have another uh, pair of jeans, which is a slightly different model, slightly lighter color, just a little bit different fit, but actually it fits well too, and about the same price. Making a decision between those two is like almost feels like almost impossible. Yeah. So you might think about it again and again and again and again, which option are you choosing? If you think about this, it really doesn't make sense because what you, what it means is that you spend your time on the decisions, on the differences that don't matter. So you're, whatever choice you make in this second case, you have a good pair of jeans. So we, we don't really think about that very much. At least I don't think about this very much when I make a decision. So you get lost in thinking about all kinds of trivial details so whenever you, so the advice here is whenever you find yourself stuck in thinking about making a choice between two options and you can't really make a choice, realize that it might mean that it really doesn't matter because they are both of, both of them are good. Mm. And that can speed up the decision making quite, quite a lot. So that means that you don't spend a lot of time on um, decisions that don't matter and differences that don't make a difference. Yeah, that's quite a paradoxical axiom you've figured out there because i think as humans we tend to look for absolute solutions to things and real answers so you will think okay if i think about this thing enough if i'm uh, rational enough i will come to a conclusion which is, sat yeah. which is satisfactory and often what you find is this is another part of decision making um in psychological terms and strategy you find that the more time you spend thinking about something yeah. When it's a trivial thing, like, you know, what kind of M&Ms am I going to get in M&Ms world or a pair of jeans mm -hmm. or just any kind of base consumerist thing, mm -hmm. you have all these, this mass of options mm -hmm. and you think about all of these things. And when you make your decision, you're never going to be happy because you'll constantly be comparing it to all the other things that you could have had. Mm -hmm. So if there's a choice of 50 things and you finally choose one between five that you were really assessing properly and you mm -hmm. looked at every single characteristic of those five options you're, you're going to be so aware of the other options that you're never going to be happy which is why i love uh, whenever i go to america going to in and out burger 
because mm-hmm. you have cheeseburger, double cheeseburger, triple cheeseburger. That's it. And everyone loves in and out burger. Like, firstly, because they make very good burgers mm-hmm. and good fries and yeah. everything. But they make but the choice easy. They just make yeah. it nice and easy. When you go there, it's like yeah. just bang. You just go. Do you want a double, triple, or a single? Sit you don't down, get, you don't get lost burger. in the details. Yeah. I think that's what this is about. Assessing importance is about not getting lost in the exactly. details. And that's for small things like a pair of jeans or a burger. But it also applies to buying a house or other big investments. If you really can't make a choice between two choices you have, it might very well mean that it doesn't really matter. Both options are good. They're just different. And you'll make, uh, you, you'll make it work. Mm. And so that's, that's, I think, very important to, to realize and first part of thinking sensibly. Mm. That's Banana Remedy 8.1. Assess importance. You only have limited brain power. Therefore, spend it on the things that matter. Think about how important and urgent something is and spend your brain power on the differences that make a difference. It's a nice way to end it. Differences that make a difference. So, yeah, Banana Remedy 8.2 is all about checking facts and filtering out all of the bullshit. Would you like to explain this one? Yes. Um, so thinking sensibly first means paying attention to the thing. Think about the things that aren't worth thinking about. There was Banana Remedy 8.1 but also to have an idea of whether something is true or not. And I don't mean true in the objective scientific sense, because that's, I know I, I have a scientific background. I know the problems of that concept. Mm. But there is a difference between plain bullshit, lies, um, and truth. Um, and, and this is specifically in a context of um, quite serious discourse. Obviously, if you're just having like an a little bit of a chat with somebody. It's important exactly. to watch out for it, but exactly. I think you only need to care so much when you're really trying to think yeah. about your opinions and especially for instance when, when you hear hear and read the news. Yeah. I think that's that's or hear, hear political discussions or indeed the, the let's say the more important parts um, uh, of your of, opinions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's as well as we we don't tend to look so much at the actual language that people use and what that can tell us about that person's biases mm-hmm. and interests. You tend to just see a, a headline, absorb that information, mm-hmm. um, think about maybe the tonality and the force with which they've said it. Maybe you look at the source, but you you don't really kind of assess them in the ways that you've laid out here, which I quite mm-hmm. liked, which um you you laid out five distinct categories of statements, facts, interpretations, opinions, lies, and bullshit. Yes. And you use the uh, the example of global warming to display this. And I liked it as well because it kind of, it pulls out the biases of the reader mm-hmm. when you were doing it, um, that global warming is a fact. And then an interpretation would be that the fact that temperature increases uh, the fact, sorry, the fact that temperatures increase and that human-induced carbon emissions have increased may lead to the interpretation that humans are causing the increase in temperature. So this is it's, it's an interesting one. It pulls away a lot of the the kind of the dogmatic belief which surrounds climate change, and mm-hmm. I do believe in climate change and that it is a problem and it's man-made. But that is still my opinion, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly where this opinion has come from besides just trusting in the expertise of mm-hmm. other people who are mm-hmm. predicting things. It's not, it's not the same as other realms of science 
where you can say, oh, I'm going to trust the expertise of a quantum physicist mm -hmm. who says this about the theory of relativity. Mm -hmm. That actually is, is he stating that as a fact based on his opinions. But with something like global warming or the climate crisis, that's a prediction based on an interpretation based on a fact. Yeah, so there's a lot of facts there. I think that's that's very clear. All kind of measures show that temperatures temperatures increase. So that's the fact. Yeah. The interpretation that's basically connecting cause and effect, and that's always in science always an interpretation, but a pretty widely shared and increasingly pretty shared interpretation. One, yeah. And opinion then is something stating whether that's a good or a bad thing. I think most people would think that's a bad thing. But that's giving your uh, your judgment about it. Um, lies are uh, uh, rejecting facts. That's that's a lie. So you you know actually what the truth is, but you uh, you deny it. Uh, and bullshit means you don't care. You just talk, you talk, and you don't care whether it's true or not because it's just your 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 story. And so you, I think that's I even mentioned that that's probably the most dangerous part because it if you lie if you deliberately lie you at least respect the truth because you know it what is true and then you lie but with bullshit you are um you 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 don't care anymore and I think where you have no respect for anything uh, like scientific principles like truth then we, then we get into uh, into troubles i'm not sure if i agree with you on this cuz i feel like um if somebody bullshits about something it can often be quite innocent and it can be coming from a place of just lack of preparation or just they just want to say something mm -hmm. for the sake of saying something. And I feel like it's kind of harder to have that malicious intent there because it is just the person who is bullshitting mm -hmm. is so inept. And this is also why I, I can never get that mad at Donald Trump when he's doing this is because I know that he's just really stupid and he has no idea what he's doing and he's just a child so when i see him up there giving speeches talking straight out of his asshole i i i find it funny i'm just like this man is like just such a clown whereas somebody who is lying like i would get if i go back and i look at speeches from hillary clinton mm -hmm. um during the uh, 2016 election and i compare them to donald trump's speeches Donald Trump's bullshitting about what he's going to do, whereas Hillary Clinton is lying. Mm -hmm. She's saying, going out there and saying about how she cares so much about these people and she's going to change things in America and she's going to do this and do mm -hmm. that. And she's not. And she's, she's straight up lying because she knows exactly what's going to happen when she gets mm -hmm. in. She knows what she's going to do. She's been in politics for 40 years and she is just saying these things to get people mm -hmm. to believe something, which is not true. I, I'm... I don't want to really go that way. I, I don't know. Uh, and I don't want to, want to get too political here. Of course so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what I think what you mentioned here is, I think you have innocent bullshit, but you also have innocent lies. We all have small lies every day. Without lies, you can't function normally. If you're completely honest all the time, that's just, you, you can't function uh, properly. So still the reason why I think bullshit... But uh, then you also have innocent bullshit. Which yes, is you just have a lot of innocent bullshit. Just, yes, yeah, and that's chat and shit. Yeah. So, but you have both innocent lies, both innocent bullshit. But you also have harmful bullshit, and that's I think you you mentioned Trump. I think that's very harmful bullshit, and 
it's important, um, I think, because it has such a big effect. And in the when sense we, that it just it cultivates an atmosphere of yes, and just it, not caring about information. Indeed, and it, so it 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 cultivates the the idea that uh, it doesn't matter what science says. It doesn't matter what someone with a lot of experience says. Everything is just an opinion, mm, okay. and that's that's where you get when 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 bullshit is there. It's just nothing. There's no point of reference anymore. Everything is true then because it's just opinions and you have alternative facts and stuff like that so you're saying that at least with lies people are operating within the accepted framework of truth yeah there is is still a common frame and okay you choose to deliberately uh ignore that or to to go against it but at least you have some common frame that you Mm. accept so and the point here is not even to to say which which of the which of them is most harmful the point is that if you have these five categories, keep them in the back of your mind. And whenever you hear something, try to put it in one of the boxes. Do you think, is this a fact? Is this an interpretation? Is this just an opinion? Is this a lie or is this a uh, is this bullshit? And of course, quite often you don't know. But the point is to think, to start thinking about it. And that's what this remedy is about. It's checking facts, is to ha- try to to develop this habit of being critical of what you hear and read and see, uh, and see, try to assess a little bit. Okay, how true is this? Uh, and that's 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 what you can do. Also, what you can do is uh, not just look at the contents, uh, but also at, at how people are saying things. And I would, I think that the more often people say this is true, this is a fact, uh, believe me, uh, the least likely it is, or the less likely believe it is that it is actually true. Because it's going to be feel, tremendous. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it is a fact. It is true. And talking about Trump, if you if Trust you listen me. to how he talks, this is the kind of statement he makes all the time. Yeah. And then you go on towards the end of this banana remedy to talk about how um, a lot of the time we use language which doesn't mean anything. And this is something I think yeah. a lot of this um, this chapter is is maybe aimed towards getting you to think about your serious opinions more seriously. Mm-hmm. So namely in regards to politics. And I see a lot of this in politics where people will do a whole political ad. They'll give a whole answer to a question in a debate or a whole speech without saying anything. Yes. And they'll use platitudes and say all yeah. these things. And like, I care about being, you know, together and, you know, we need to bring unity back to this country mm-hmm. and I'm going to be strong and, you know, show you that, you know, I care about good things and I don't want bad things. Yeah, that's, and that's, it's, 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 it's very subtle because it, the reason they do it is because they want to have a message and say something which they think will resonate with everyone. And people can just yeah. implant whatever they want onto their words. Yeah. But I think people are getting a lot more wise to it now in an age where independent media won't stand for it. And people are starting to realize, like, okay, well, if you're not going to talk about policy... Or something which is real. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay any attention to you, and I'm. I hope so. Yeah. And so you see this a lot in 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 business and management as well. So there's all kind of cliches and and things like game changers, moving the needle in the driver's seat, windows of opportunity. I think the more you see of that language, the least likely there is something some real uh, content, mm. or using very difficult Latin words to hide that you actually have. 
curriculum um, vitae. Yeah, nothing, we'll, nothing to to we'll talk about. That. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's that's banana remedy eight point two. Mm. Yeah. So that's all about checking facts. Don't take don't take things for granted. Challenge what you hear and read and know whether it is facts, interpretations, opinions, lies, or bullshit. Put on your researcher's hat and analyze what people say and how. So we're on to now Banana Remedy 8.3, which is all about questioning the source. I thought this one was quite interesting, and it's something which has occurred to me recently, is about how um, if somebody's in a position of authority um, or legitimacy, and say, for example, they're working for a newspaper or they're a professor or an older person in your family, I think we can tend to question that and look at them Mm -hmm. as a bit more crazy. But as somebody in that position of informational authority, you tend to think like if you read an article about something, that that must have at least some kind of validity Mm -hmm. when actually it doesn't mean anything. That's just another human being Mm -hmm. with some information and opinion, biases, interests, people behind them who are telling them what to do. And that means nothing. You know, you can read it and take it in for yourself and decide for yourself whether or not this is valid. But really, just because this person is working for a newspaper or has the title of, of professor at university doesn't mean they're right by definition. No, they are not. Yeah. Um, um, so it's, yeah th- it's, it's, I think everybody kind of tends to think, oh, they might be a little bit wrong, but it's actually accepting they might be totally wrong and they might be yeah. completely talking out of their arsehole. And when you start with that point and then you move towards assessing a certain amount of what they say could be correct, maybe all of what they say, but it's a spectrum that exists. And yeah, I think there's two things important here is, is first assess whether they can know or whether they know or can know what they're talking about. Um, and for instance, that happens if, if you have a, a pop star or a soccer player. Uh, um, so some, some star um, idol talk about politics, talk about climate, talk about the economy, probably they don't know much about it. They might because of their, maybe they are educated in that direction, but probably quite often we don't listen to them because they know about it, but it's because they're famous. Mm. So the first question is, do they know? Can they know? Uh, and the second is, okay, what are, what are their interests? Um, so do people have a specific interest in what they say? So do they benefit from saying one thing and or from, from the other? And if someone has a clear benefit of saying something, like an advertising, do you trust a company that is saying uh, our products are the best? You probably want something else that's more neutral, um, uh, say that. So question the source is looking at, okay, do they know what they're talking about and what is their interest? And again, oftentimes you don't know. You don't know whether they know about this and you might not know all the stakes. But again, it is the it's the fact that you think about this consciously that helps you think more sensibly mm. and make you a little bit more aware of all the stuff that is thrown at you, all the information you get, all the opinions you get to see, okay, is this actually, does it make sense? It's very, very rare I find to receive information from outlets or from politicians or anything and have it be completely unbiased. I think it's nearly impossible. I mean, That's impossible. The one news organization that really does care about it is Reuters. Mm-hmm. And every day since they've existed, they've had five trust principles, which are about objectivity, being unbiased, commitment to the facts and 
I did some work experience there um, a few months ago and it was incredible to see yeah. the level to which they try and attain objectivity and unbiasedness yeah. and they can never even do it. Yeah, those it's, are actually it's, more, it's, more general it's, it's journalistic principles. Task. Yeah. Um, that yes, of course, question the source because if you if you say something, especially if it is uh, controversial or has big impact, you want to make you want to double check whether the source is reliable and doesn't have a particular interest in in in, in saying this. Hmm. That's banana remedy eight point three. Question the source. Know which person or organization is saying or writing something. Assess their expertise and interests. Who are they and how is this influencing the truthfulness of what is being said? So on to 8.4, explore perspectives. And this is all about kind of getting out of your own frame of mindset. Yes. And getting a, some 360 degree feedback. Yeah, I thought this one was quite interesting. And it's something that I think you kind of have to be taught at a young age. Um, otherwise, it's quite difficult to attain it in adulthood to accept the fact that you might be completely wrong about things. Mm -hmm. And then being able to take responsibility for that, accepting that it's completely okay that you're wrong and that you, all of your feelings and thoughts and preconceptions about a given thing might be totally incorrect. And then being able to move away from that and adopt new, more balanced, well-rounded views about things. Yeah. Um yeah. So, and if not not totally incorrect, they might at least be partially incorrect. Mm. Um, so, explore exploring perspectives really helps you realize that your view on the world and on the things in the world are just is just one view, and it's biased because of your experience. You can only look at it so literally. You can only look at it from one side, uh, but also you you are uh, trained. You have developed in a way to look at society in a particular way. So exploring perspective is an invitation to deliberately look at how others see things. And that, that is maybe not only fun to do, but it really can open up your mind and see how things are very different, or how they perceive and experience the world in a very different way than you do. And that I think that's quite can be quite a humbling experience. Um, there's various ways to do that, uh, of course, using... We all talk about these these um, filter bubbles that social media is creating, um, but this is actually something from all ages. Like in the past, when we were, uh, you were a Catholic, you talked to Catholic people. When you were a Protestant, you talked to Protestant people. And still, if you are in a certain income level, you talk to people with a similar income level. If you are a student, you talk to students. So we're all very much living in our own biased bubbles. Mm. Uh, and social media is probably maybe enlarging that a bit, but at the same time, uh, the internet, even Facebook, uh, but also Google, although can help you make it very accessible to look at other perspectives. But yeah. you have to put in some, a little bit of effort to find it, but it's there. It's yeah. available. It, you can very easily look at uh, completely different groups of people and what they talk about. It makes it very accessible, but it, it takes it, um, it makes it into quite an in individual personal thing that you have to do you have to actively go out you have and to seek actively it, do it yes which is a shame because it the internet should have been the advent of uh the, those kind of things being broken down but you know increasingly you see that these people these yeah. corporations they're not concerned about the general well-being of society no it's more about the bottom line and yeah. realizing that you know people are going to want to click more on the stuff 
that they have clicked on. Of course, before. sure. That's and that's what what I they what consume I, the same things. That's, that's what know? I what I also explain in the earlier chapters, even before the steps. So we don't cover that in this series of podcasts. Is that it's very natural that we go bananas because like 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 this the technology, the social media, the, the the capitalist system is built to make us go bananas. But it's not inevitable. Mm. So if you step out, if you think a little bit, you can explore perspectives very easily because it's just there a few clicks away, but you have to actively do it. And that's this 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 remedy is an invitation to actually do this because it it leads to better decisions, more empathy, more um acceptance of other views. You appreciate it. So there's only benefits here. Yeah. You said here as well on the second page. If you're a white, male, young, and rich person, deep in the knowledge of black, female, old, and poor people, and vice versa. I really like that because I found before this year, um, I tend to think of myself as very open-minded and quite left-wing and informed and educated, knowledgeable, yada, 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 about all of these social issues that mm -hmm. plague global society. And like in the past year, after talking to you know, new people and friends of mine, um, about feminism, racism, mm -hmm. all of these different things, just to a much higher level and really accepting the fact that not everything that I believe, but a lot of what I believed might have been wrong. Mm -hmm. It really expanded my horizons and allowed me to see feminism, particularly for what it for what it is, and the struggles also the LGBT communities have endured. And it really takes so much just mental energy and time to really fully understand the struggles that other groups of people go through when you do have this privilege. And I think you tend to think as well as a white person, as a male, that, you know, as long as you're not a dick and you don't mistreat people, then, and, and you know, you're educated, knowledgeable, then you're fine. You don't need to worry about it. You know, privilege or what is, white male privilege mm -hmm. it does exist even if you don't really think yeah. it exists and you, and you only find out when you really explore these perspectives yeah. and, and you properly go into it and yes. accept the fact that you might actually be guilty yeah. of a lot of these things and, and that, all, that not only makes you less sensitive to going bananas but it actually makes you a better person oh, if yeah, you explore exactly. these perspectives yeah. this is something as well that I was I've tried to do for, I can't remember when, when, I, when or where I heard this but um, somebody told me to always read things that I disagree with. Yep. So that if I'm somebody who believes, um, you know, in capitalist ideology, go and read some Marx. Or if you believe something about, you know, one historical perspective, go and read something totally against it. Yeah. And you'll find that, I think recently as well, I was um I was writing an essay about Milosevic and how he has impacted Serbia and the trials and... I'm obviously of the opinion that, you know, these international um, tribunals in The Hague were very, very good for society and it held war criminals in foreign countries accountable and it showed that they couldn't just hide behind the mechanisms of the state and their own people who were supporting them, but they would be held accountable. And he was tried and everything. And I watched this documentary, which basically started off with, this was a total miscarriage of justice. And I watched the whole thing and I disagreed with it, but it was very interesting to see these perspectives and see the narrative and see their biases. And I still disagreed with it, but it's it's a lot better than just watching things that are going to confirm 
your viewpoint yeah, you already. might know much even better now yeah. why you disagree with it exactly and which and part e- specifically and even if even if i do have the right viewpoint yeah. and watching something that agrees with me already will give me another little piece of information that will you know solidify my viewpoint yeah. i think it can actually solidify it more to to view things that which go against it which yeah, is exactly which is quite paradoxical but i think i think it's true so yeah that's all about exploring perspectives there never is only one viewpoint Make better decisions and improve your appreciation of others by always trying to see things from more than one side. Challenge their views and see it their way. And now we're on to the final one of thinking sensibly. So you should be nice and clued in by now. And this is all about seeing the bigger picture. And that is, I think, also very much related to exploring perspectives. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? The difference here is that here you look at so with with different with exploring perspectives you look at something from different sides seeing the bigger picture invites you to look at how things are connected at how what you do is connected to what others are doing how you are a cause of something else how is something someone else doing something that is having an effect on you so see how things are connected i think that is what um remedy 8.5 is very much about. So seeing how things are connected. Because that also helps you understand that you are part of a big sort of connected world and that everything you do has an effect on someone else. Um, and that, that just helps to, 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 to thinking sensibly because one a lot of the banana things and going bananas about things is... Because you look at things in isolation. Mm. You look at one tiny thing that, that a person did. You don't look at the bigger picture. If you look, if you would have looked at the complete picture, you would have probably had a much more relaxed You'd judgment. Have a tapestry of decisions yeah. to look at. I think it's, it's funny as well, just from kind of a, an existential point of view, it's, it can be very liberating as well just to no longer care about yourself as an individual and start to look at everyone around you, mm-hmm. everyone around them, everyone around them, everyone in the world, how we're all connected. And that's just a beautiful thing in of itself and something that I think people forget about a lot and you get stuck in your own head and the heads of the people who are most important to you and what they're thinking yeah. and what you're thinking and how you can control everything or make things out best for you or for them. Yeah when you can't control any of that and actually it can be so just nice to think oh you know i'm an autonomous person with my problems and everything so is that person so is that person so is all of the people around us and none of it matters that much but i'm going to do the best that i can for everyone mm-hmm. in the world because this is one collective consciousness yeah, yeah that that's again that, that's what this this remedy is about yeah. is to see how things are conne- how things are connected how people are connected uh, and that if you realize that it's just harder to go bananas. Yeah. Because you also see how you going bananas has an impact on, on someone else. Listen to the, the Beatles song within you or within without you on Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That's all about just letting things be and understanding that we're all connected and you don't exist independently of everyone else no so that's remedy 8.5 see the bigger picture indeed and that has been thinking sensibly thank you very much for tuning in in the next podcast we'll be moving on to the final banana remedy so i hope you're ready to attain salvation 
and nirvana because that's what it's all about paying attention and yeah thank you very much for joining me again you yes thank you and let's go to the last episode onwards and upwards in a bit